Hey there and welcome. This is not the Suburbs Podcast. I'm Gerilyn Witchers and I'm here with... Aiden Cloet. And Aislinn Hicks. And I'm Jeremy Morantz. On the other side of the glass, manning the board for us. That's correct. And uh, yeah, we are broadcasting from the very center of the city at Red River College. The district. Which is fitting because the whole theme of our podcast is about the center of the city. Things that are not yeah. happening in the po- in the, the suburbs. Yeah. As the title would imply. I feel it's so self-explanatory. We're literally just not the suburbs. <laughs> no, I feel like we have to go into a, a, an in-depth explanation of what our podcast is and what the title means. Just right. kidding. So, <laughs> Write that, a synopsis about it. Um, that being said, I think we wanted to start off by, by each going around and talking about our relationship with the downtown area and where we live uh, relative to that. So, Aiden, would you like to, would you like to start? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I was born and raised in... The suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was born and raised in like the Fort Richmond area. My dad uh, worked for Hydro, so I think up till we were six, we were in Gillum, and then we went to Fort Richmond. Uh, spent most of my time there until I turned about eighteen, and then I went and moved out into uh, the other end of the city in the North End, and that was for about a year. And then I finally settled myself down in like the Sherbrooke area with my brother once he got out of the military. And I think even before then, I've already had, like, a really enjoyable relationship with the, the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember me and my brother, like, going on the bus and, like, trying to enjoy St. Patel Mall. <laughs> <laughs> and no offense to St. Patel Mall, but... No, it's hard to enjoy. It's, it's, a, it's hard. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we just ended up just, like, deciding one day to just start going more downtown. We started with, like, Osborne and... yeah. That's, that's kind of actually, what sparked it. I feel like that's pretty old-fashioned because my parents have told me stories about when they were growing up in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they would actually get on buses and go downtown, but I don't hear about that happening as much anymore. So that's that's old school. I like that. Um, Aislin. All right. Well, uh, I have an interesting relationship with the city because originally I'm from a village of 45 people called Ninga. <laughs> I love that you say um, it's a village. That's no, so, it's literally a village. Literally Our population village. sign, like we change it when someone new moves or when someone like leaves. Like we're very proud of the 45 people we've managed to have. When someone that dies. That odd number um, though. Yeah, when someone dies. When um, so I lived there till I was five and then I moved to a big old town of 2,000 people called Boys Vane. So then Minga changed her sign. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I moved to the city this year, so I'm from like a super small town. So like wow. the downtown was so intimidating at first. Like my first day of school, I had to catch the bus for the first time ever. I had so much anxiety. There's so many people. <laughs> like I still get lost. Like the first month of school, I got lost trying to find Bronuts. It's a block <laughs> away from this location, just for your information. And yeah, so. I currently live just off Wellington, like a 10-minute drive to school. But, yeah, that's kind of my relationship with the downtown. <laughs> I, I also, like, I've been to the downtown. I live in Steinbeck. I moved to Steinbeck from a rural community called Anola, which is only a little bit bigger than Minga, I guess. And <laughs> uh, so when I moved into town, it was already – Steinbeck's not very big – that was already an up, a step up for me. And now uh, coming to downtown was, it wasn't really overwhelming, but it, you know, it was a different, definitely a change of scenery. A bit of a culture shock. I feel like anytime someone from like a smaller area comes to like the city, it's such an adjustment. Yeah. It is. 
Well, I mean, people, I don't know if people who live here realize, but they definitely have a different attitude. Uh, they dress differently. Like, oh, since yeah. I started coming to school, I dress differently than I did. I talk differently, I think. Uh, so, like, and because I, I go back to Steinbeck every day, so when I get back there, it's like, ah, here I am back in the mother country. And then I go back to Winnipeg the next morning. I go abroad. The across, mother country. And then I go back. <laughs> it's a different motherland. culture, honestly. It, it is. It is. Yeah. Like, some of my friends. Downtown has culture. I mean, it's one thing that I'm here, like, in, in a in a school program and I'm learning new things, but it becomes very hard to relate to my friends on the weekends sometimes. What I find interesting is people who come from smaller communities, particularly rural communities, like they see Winnipeg as like the big city, the big apple, the city that never oh, yeah. sleeps. And for me, like being born and raised in Winnipeg my whole life, that just seems like that notion is so funny to me because to me, that's like New York or Toronto. <laughs> oh God, no, like I can't find my way around here. I have to open up Google Maps to Ooh. get like to Polo Park from my house. It's a straight line. <laughs> that shouldn't be that hard. It's got one turn to get to like Polo Park, but that's I still open up Google Maps. <laughs> the turn into the park yeah exactly <laughs> as like wonderfully squished as winnipeg is it's just like also just a hassle to figure out where you're going i mean especially with you know trans like the the bus the bus lines are a nightmare <laughs> like to get yeah so i admitted admittedly uh, although the name of our podcast is uh what is it again not the suburbs <laughs> not the, it's not the suburbs the name is not the suburbs <laughs> although the name of our podcast is not the suburbs i am a suburb boy through and through i'm <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't help it. I was born this way. Uh, I was born <laughs> in the suburbs, raised in the suburbs, but... Identifies as suburbs. I identify <laughs> as the suburbs. Um, what I will say is in my um, recent young adultery, adult life... <laughs> Are you trying to uh, apologize for something here? Is, is adultery not a word for... Uh, adultery means oh, you adult. cheat on someone. Oh, yeah. Who you're married. Um, yeah. Nice. In my young adult life, I, I've I've grown such a great appreciation for downtown. I think growing up in the suburbs, there's such a like there really is a disdain towards downtown. Uh, even people on my street will talk about how they'll never go downtown because it's dangerous and there's crime and why would I ever go downtown? But uh, I've like sort of gone against against the grain in the sense that you know like. Uh, I chose the University of Winnipeg over U of M because I wanted to be downtown. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to be on this campus, uh, this Red River campus in the Exchange District because it's downtown. And I think there's so much thriving culture and cool restaurants and everything. Everything's downtown. I think the future is downtown. And uh, it's exciting to see the way things are going. A lot of new um, uh, condo developments, office buildings. They're being built downtown. It's, It's finally the revitalization is finally happening, and I can only hope that suburb people like me will start to uh, turn their opinions around about downtown. I think, like, our generation's downtown idea of downtown is what the past few generations' idea of Osborne has been. Like oh, this totally. thriving, yeah. cultural, just focused area of just local business, mm-hmm. local art, local culture. Just yeah. everything all well, in one Well, I feel place. like in the last little while, so many cool places have opened up downtown, and it's like, it has become the new Osborne. Like, it has. Oh, I t- especially the Exchange District. I yeah. feel like the Exchange District now is what Osborne wants to be, which is unfortunate. But speaking of, actually... <laughs> Too bad. Aislinn, you have, you have a piece, uh, you know, about a local downtown Exchange District restaurant. Would you like to talk about it? Uh, yes, I would. So... I am a big coffee person, and one of the biggest perks about coming to uh, live here in the city and coming to the Exchange District campus for Red River 
was the coffee scene. Yes. Um, so I actually just went to fourth recently. I'll play a little clip for you guys. I went and checked out fourth it's a super cool space uh they've got like such an interesting interior uh it's kind of like dimly lit if you've ever been in there um but it's got a bunch of plants and like there's that like plant a plant wall is so good that plant wall is amazing i'm obsessed with it it's so freaking cool um but the space is like so insane it's got like its own coffee roaster in there um dogwood canada roasts out of fourth and uh it's like really good coffee Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's a cool space it's got um the coffee like you can see them roasting the coffee in that space and then like the like bags of coffee beans i don't know i just i like the overall aesthetic of course it's very light brown just minimal okay but what would you guys how would you guys argue this point okay so i consider myself i'm a fairly in kind of guy like i'm with the trends I, I, you know, you I like, like Tim Hortons. I like the. Th- <laughs> <laughs> um, Disclude yourself from this conversation. <laughs> contrary, I only drink Tim Hortons because it's the only option on this campus. I like to consider myself fairly in with the trends, but whenever I walk into Fourth, I just feel like I'm not cool enough to be there. I feel like oh, I'm being no, I judged. Totally agree. There is a snobbiness factor, I will admit. Um, just to like the whole coffee culture, like it is like they take it very seriously, and like obviously, if you've made a career out of something, you're gonna take it seriously. So I get the barista's point of views and like the coffee shop owner's point of views. But I feel like, like also oddly enough, I've talked to some, I, I know some baristas that have worked there or like one that worked there for a bit and has also been a barista for how long, but she has also been like, I hate the snobbery. Okay, well, I hate when people like ask for the V60 because it's like, I hate actually, you for making me do this. I have oh to spend God. five, six minutes yeah. making you a cup of coffee. Okay. That's actually That's really That's not even all that much superior. I was a barista for the last year. I worked at a coffee shop in Gimli that was actually partnered with Dogwood Canada for a while. We were roasting in fourth and then we'd bring it back to Gimli. And so 
it is really frustrating when people come in and like, okay, I'm going to be the person who complains, but um, (laughs) it's my niche. Um, So people will get like a pour over coffee and they get it because they think it's fancy. Like there are certain aspects that make it better than a regular cup of coffee. That's why you pay more. But they just want to see you make the coffee. And it's so tedious. It's the equivalent of like asking for the unicorn frap at Starbucks. Yes. That's not my mindset. I haven't ordered a V60 for a while, but I make my coffee at home in a V60. And for me, it's about the ritual of it. Yeah. When you do it at home, it's it's phenomenal. I I think it's my favorite thing to do. Don't necessarily take six minutes. I pour mine a little faster than that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like for me, when I have, I get someone else to do it for me, it's because I want to like, I want to watch their technique and I want to uh, appreciate uh, just the so what notes that they pull out of it and stuff like that because I'm not that great. But what about YouTube? <laughs> what I'm gathering is perhaps it's indicative. But I don't get to drink it at the end. Perhaps of it. it's not indicative of, of fourth as, a, as an establishment, oh, God, but no. indicative of coffee culture. Uh, as as a whole. I think that's more so it. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. Like, I want to appreciate a good cup of coffee. I like a good cup of coffee. I will not drink Tim's. Sorry, Jeremy. Hey, I don't like it. It's just <laughs> the only option on this campus. There's Miss Brown's, like, literally kitty corner. Oh, and they brew, I think, Pilot Coffee. It's really good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, oh. Miss Brown's is really good. Although, like, I guess I'm not as in tune with coffee culture, but I can certainly... Uh, sense a difference in the flavor of their coffee and even in like the the texture of their coffee compared yeah. to compared to like say a, a Tim Hortons. Totally, mm-hmm. but I do get like how some people can find certain coffee shops a little less access- accessible, right? Because it does have yeah. this certain level of wow. I don't know if I'm like okay, sorry the word hipster enough to be here. <laughs> no, because, that's like that's how I feel when I walk yeah. into Fourth and I want to like it. They have great avocado toast, but I just feel <laughs> like when I'm in there, I feel like I'm being judged by not only the staff but also the people in there. Uh, kind of when I walked in the first time, like I literally came I came to Winnipeg from Steinbach to go to Fourth. Literally came from Steinbach oh. to go to to go to fourth because I'm like, hey, there's this really cool coffee place and I want to go there. And I walk in and I'm like oh, I, I don't think I'm cool enough to be here because I'm like, my entire suit of clothing comes from Old Navy. <laughs> sure, I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing, you know, a hat, but it's the wrong You didn't hat. see the sign on the door that said no Old Navy? Yeah. It's like, oh my. Home you, sense, maybe. You did not buy that from a thrift store or from an artisan. Get out. Yep. Yeah, that's not from Nettie and Min. I'm sorry. You're not allowed in. <laughs> Their new slogan. Oh, man. <laughs> at least they could like at the door provide you the proper attire to come in get your coffee well sometimes they do sell clothes do, yeah. does downtown have any tea places to combat the growing industry of the coffee places i mean most of the coffee places offer tea but yeah. not but really like not besides amsterdam which isn't even open yet which some suspect is only mm. there because they want to put a, a, a different kind of leaf a different kind <laughs> of leaf there but there's no there's no proper tea place like i understand that some of these coffee places have london fogs and earl grays but like yeah. no proper tea place uh, well i, I mean i know at at miss brown's you can get cornelia b tea cornelia beans be one of the from my non-tea expert opinion Mm. one of the more premier tea dispensaries in winnipeg um i haven't personally checked the tea checked what kind of tea they have at gary street coffee but they do like turkish coffee i haven't been there yet how is that i love it oh man also real good i think it has the some not a similar not a similar vibe to fourth in like the whole like i'm too hipster to be here there but like it's a really nice quiet 
large area to do your work mm-hmm. and it's maybe only like a 10 minute walk from campus do you guys think Bronuts is a contender in the downtown winnipeg coffee game or is it not <laughs> I've had coffee there once. It was it was quite drinkable. Yeah. I can only speak to their Americanos. They were really yeah. good, but that's because I get a lot of espresso shots. I like the specials that they generally do, like for the holidays and stuff. Those have always been no- nice, like the eggnog latte that they did. Oh, oh that, that was awesome. That was top notch. That sounds awesome. And then they did like a lavender latte thing recently, and that was real good too. Mm, a lavender, like lavender and coffee latte? Something like that, yeah. I'll have to yeah. double check what it was. I've but... done like a lavender and chai that was quick. Well, I mean, like, we've done, like, lavender vanilla syrups. We, like, make our in-house syrups at the coffee shop I work at. And, like, it's just, like, you steep it, and then it, like, sits overnight. And it's really good when you put it in stuff. What I find interesting, Aislinn, about the from based on what I've heard about the coffee shop you work at is that it sounds, like, super city and super downtown and hipstery, but it's actually... In Gimli. In, in Gimli. I feel like it's not as, like, I don't know, it's... Our owner wears, like, baseball caps. He kind of reminds me of Luke from Gilmore Girls a little bit. Um, so it's, like, it's got the, like, somewhat city vibe to it, but I feel like it's a lot more down-to-earth. Um, like, like divey have... in a way? or No, no, definitely not. Like, we keep it very minimal, white tables, you know, steel chairs. We have this really cool, like, bar to sit by the window. Like, it's got all that, like, kind of hipster, minimalist stuff, but we keep it very, like friendly like I don't know how to put it like we have almost like a not culture to it but like it's very we have our regulars and we have like very interesting characters who come in there's like a specific Um, tone to it yeah like we have this guy named Rodney and Rodney is my favorite person he's a special needs person in Gimli and he rides around on this tricycle and he has like a route he goes on and he's in the coffee shop about four times a day Um, and he's learned how to work the system to get free coffee (laughs) Um, Classic. <laughs> and then he'll like push our sign over outside because it's his little bit. Um, and it's just like <laughs> we have that kind of thing. And I don't know if that would happen in the city. It's a lot more. Um, I don't think that would ever happen in the city. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. like Rodney's just part of the coffee shop. Like you come in, you expect to see him there. Um, so I don't know. It's like it's got a very small town feel to it, but like it also has the look of the big city almost. I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it. It's hard to. But here's an interesting prospect for you guys. How do you feel about? Uh, chains like Starbucks coming into downtown Winnipeg and competing with the places like Fourth and Miss Browns. Well, they already are in downtown Winnipeg. There's one right by. Um, That's what Tom I'm saying. Bargain. Like, yeah, there's one in 201 Portage. How do you feel about like uh, these corporate brands trying to compete with hipstery places? Well, they're they're kind of geared toward different markets, aren't they? Because um, the people who drink Starbucks and the people who predominantly drink. Uh, coffee from parlor or fourth Stay local or something like that are gonna be a bit of a different demographic yeah. um i mean i hate to call people who drink starbucks basic because i drink starbucks and i'm i'm my own person but um <laughs> <laughs> i'm not an artsy type exactly but i am my own person it's hard to articulate with the differences between them but like if i think about kind of your very mainstream people they're gonna drink starbucks they're gonna drink Tim Hortons, and I don't want to like belittle them by saying they're mainstream. They're just their priorities aren't necessarily drinking things that are artisanal or um, craft. Uh, they're just you know they're very down to earth types, and the people who drink this kind of coffee are, um, I don't know how to call it. Exactly. So you think that there's room for both? There's room for the chain coffee and the 
uh, local coffee? Yeah, I sure think so. I think there's room for both. At the same time, I'm always going to be someone who's not crazy on chains. I like the idea of the whole shop local thing. Like, I think it is the driving force of the downtown. I, I think it's, I, that, it that intrigues opinion is me. growing. Like, we have markets like Third and Bird happening, and, like, they're just growing in popularity. And we have, you know, all these new shops opening up. We've got things like Tiny Feast, and, like, they're thriving down here because... And Generation Green. Like, yeah. Like, they just opened up their cafe. And, <laughs> like, I like supporting local. I would much prefer support, like, a small business. The thing about places like that, and maybe this could be a bit of a segue, but, like, a lot of these places are... are appeal to people who are like us who are you know maybe come from middle to upper class backgrounds and we aren't necessarily even though we're students we're not necessarily worrying about survival from day to day whereas like if you think about neighborhoods like not too far from here we have uh, point douglas or even kind of behind the school here there's a residential neighborhood there's a lot of immigrants mm-hmm. there um you know refugee families and stuff you know why why the heck would they ever go to fourth um so it, i wonder if there is some while it, for a person like me, it's really exciting to see all these really cool businesses crop up. Is it going to drive a certain a certain type of people out of the downtown area? Is it going to make it less accessible to people who are more concerned, you know, with survival than they are with necessarily the quality of their food? Like for instance, um, when you're when you're on a small budget, you're not going to go to necessarily a local store. You're going to go to Walmart. You're going to go to uh, Giant Tiger, you can go to Dollarama. Um, like one of you'll have to tolerate Seven Eleven coffee. Or <laughs> I mean, you might McDonald's. you're gonna be buying the the big cans of coffee that you can buy at Dollarama yeah. that is probably roasted three years ago and, and might contain walnut shells, um, <laughs> because that's what you do. So like, it, it is exciting for someone like me to see it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, maybe this is kind of exclusive. This is only going to work for our kind of people. This is not going to work for others. I'd hope, like, it won't drive people out of the downtown. And, like, I do think that, like, everyone is on a different budget. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know. We have, like, we have a Tim's on the campus. And I do think that there is, like, there is a market and there is a place for each of these businesses in the downtown. Mm -hmm. I just personally, but this is because it's coming from my perspective and where I'm coming from, I enjoy the whole shopping local aspect because it's like it's ethically sourced. You're supporting mm-hmm. small businesses. Like even with my coffee, like I like knowing where my beans are coming from because like low income people here need, you know, obviously different options. But at the same time, when you're supporting things that are ethically sourced or beans that come from like a small country and you're buying them from a place like Parlor or Fourth, you know that they're being paid right for that. So it's kind of like a bigger picture in my mind. Mm-hmm. If I can afford to shop and spend a bit more for things that are... Um, better made or like more ethically sourced that's something I want to do but that being said there is no shame in having to find alternatives to that for your budget mm-hmm. cool <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd have to say I'd agree with that but I also think what makes this area so interesting is that it, it also can be very dynamic like we may not like there aren't necessarily a lot of Tim Hortons Starbucks in the area and there may never be a large amount of them but there is a space for them and there seems to be interest within the within the community for them yeah so I think they have their place here and yeah there's nothing has to be welcomed Mm -hmm. I like you know speaking of chains coming into the downtown area this isn't necessarily coffee but subway has like sort of adapted 
to their the, aesthetic, man. Oh, I saw the oh subway, and at God. first I was like, this isn't a subway. Yeah. This is an artisanal sub shop. Yeah, so they sort like, of, they've adapted <laughs> to the culture of the exchange district by calling themselves the Subway Cafe. And of course, you walk in and it's the exact same it's as any subway. other subway. Do they charge more for the aesthetic? <laughs> There's not know, even a different no. aesthetic. It like looks the same inside. Just the title. Oh, the outside yeah. looks gorgeous, though. Yeah. And you can sit on the, in the back and have the sunlight bathe over you as you eat your sub and then gaze on the dumpsters of the King's Head. Aesthetic. It's all about the aesthetic. Upon the, uh, <laughs> The picturesque dumpsters of the King's Head. <laughs> yeah, so I find that interesting sort of corporate uh, franchises coming into the area and recognizing that it is sort of a, a more artisan, artisanal type of area and sort of adapting to that. I think yeah. that's cool. I feel like artisanal is like one of those buzzwords because does anyone actually know what that means? Because I don't. It means, I hear uh, it and I'm like, Whoa. It means you live downtown and you vote for the NDP. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas me, who's advocating for pl- cheap places for poor people to eat. <laughs> uh, anyways. That's not very let's, uh Let's move on over to talking about downtown news. Anyone want to start with that or shall I lead off? Go you go ahead. It. Okay. Well, by the time this podcast out, this might be a little bit old news, but our very own Princess Street campus was graced by the presence of our dear leader, Prime Minister Justin Harry Trudeau Styles. yesterday. <laughs> same hair, same hair. Um, and and the funny thing was, like, okay, so he, he held a town hall meeting at University of Manitoba yesterday evening, which was quite well attended. I did not attend because some, I kept inst- up to date on Twitter, some instructor might have given me an assignment. But anyways, um, so, but, but he was here to meet with his, like here at the Princess Street campus to talk to his youth council um, and what was kind of funny about it is that no one really seemed to know that he was coming here. And all of a sudden, I was kind of in and out of the campus all day. And all of a sudden, I hear like, oh, yeah, so Justin Trudeau is going to be here. And he's like, he, he is? Yeah, no, I got the alert at like 2.25 that he was going to be here by 2.30. And I was like, what? And, and <laughs> no he, he wasn't here by 2.30. Yeah, I no, think he was, it was... he was real late. It was like 2.50 or something. That yeah, it... and so... <laughs> I, I came in and I see this crowd gathering close to one of the front entrances. Like there's a there's a stairway that kind of goes up over top of that area and a mezzanine. And there were people like two or three deep on the stairwell kind of hanging over the edge. All you see is like a sea of people and cell phones who had been standing there for a very long time waiting for him to come in. There was a motorcade outside. There was security people. Oh, I loved how much security everywhere. was there. And the cadets. The cadets all got like free cake. I was rattled. There was free cake. I would have come for free cake and, and Justin Trudeau, but mostly free cake. That's what I, yeah. Well, they mostly. weren't offering me any free cake. And yeah. also, you'd think that if they were offered free cake, they'd be like, why are you giving me free cake? Are you trying to dis- distract me from protecting our dear leader, Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau? <laughs> but anyways, that didn't happen. Nothing bad happened. He came in to, to great cheers and applause and said, hello, hello, hi, 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 shake hands, shake hands, shake hands, and then disappeared to her. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, thank you. good to see you all. Hey, guys. Please pay. Pleasure. We all dispersed, mm-hmm. and there was media afoot. And then a couple hours later, he did the same thing in reverse. Everyone lined up and watched him go, and uh, my pictures are crap. People so, love that man. Yeah, they really do. And he's good for uh, he's good for photos. If you ever seen that one of him jogging, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that not. was definitely a, a strategic photo op. Oh, complete PR but, move, but yeah. you know. 
People Oddly love enough, it. you're wearing you're wearing makeup. Your hair is perfect. You look styled. great. <laughs> you're not jogging. He looks like what I think I look like when I'm jogging. When I'm when okay, I'm let me rephrase that. If I went jogging, when I'm Amen. jogging, I look like I'm dying. <laughs> and I'm like I'm a person who's run a fair bit. Like I've run a couple of marathons. If you see pictures of me crossing the finish line, I look I don't hardly look human. So <laughs> I call photo op on that photo but anyways yeah well that's an interesting little piece of downtown news there how often does that happen prime minister gracing know. our campus Once in a blue moon you i'm know, just mad i didn't hear about like, it like i i was i was there and i'm not a super huge fan of justin trudeau like i'm not saying like he's a bad prime minister i'm just kind of like eh, not really in on the hype and but i'm like i can't leave He's going to be here anytime. I can't leave. I'm you can't miss the opportunity. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, honestly, you might I'm inclined well to agree with you. I find him a little underwhelming, and I sort of have been waiting for people to catch up to my uh, underwhelmment of Trudeau, and I, I think it's your, starting to happen. Get but on your I, level, Jeremy. Yeah, it's working. It's it's starting to happen. Yeah, I would have stuck around to see him, though. I was I climbed up on a planter and hung onto a tree to watch him. Wow. Yeah. That's dedication. That's dedication. I and, I, and I was looking through the leaves, and I still couldn't get a good photo, so... Yeah. I was on the other end of the alley because I wasn't sure uh, of that hallway, but I wasn't sure which way he was going to come in. I thought he, I probably should have researched that. I should have asked around. But I was like, <laughs> if I can get a good photo, I'll be happy. You didn't see the, the, the general cloud? cloud? I saw the cloud, cloud. But I was like, maybe they're all going to be on the wrong. What, the thing that came to mind when I was watching this, seeing him get rushed in, everyone, yay, you know, and then he gets rushed out. Is like, boy, I wouldn't want that job. Like of being prime minister and being on that kind uh-huh. of schedule. I mean, sure, you get you get your your island vacations with your friend the Amir Khan and such. But <laughs> you also have to do these speaking tours where you get like heckled and people, you know, ask Massive you these questions that detail. are loaded questions. Uh-huh. And, oh gosh! And then you just have to come up with a nice answer. Yeah, it certainly of... takes some skill to go around across the country doing those town halls. Like that's it not takes an easy a true dough. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so on that note who's next yes uh-huh. okay um i'll go um so i was actually reading an article on global news about <laughs> increasing security measures at downtown winnipeg campus for the university of winnipeg um and it just made me think of like our campus and like the incidents that happen on campus um last week i don't know if any of you guys are signed up for like red river college alert um, I didn't know. That I was forgot a thing, to do that. To That's a thing. I remember that. Um, being I didn't. About. And then the person next to me in class was like, "Hey, it just says alert," and she got a text saying alert, and we're like, "What's happening?" And they kept saying like, "Alert, alert," and we were trying to figure out what was happening. And apparently, there was like an altercation downstairs, and they send out alerts for things like that. And then they're like, "Okay, got it under control now." And it's like, "Okay, cool." Me. So I was thinking like with the security at the campus um i've like seen some interesting things yeah no it's been fun and i'm just like could there be better security here well i mean there was the incident last semester i guess at the uw where someone is just kind of studying by themselves and all of a sudden they've got their laptop and snatch uh, snatched out of their hands uh, and there was also a stabbing incident, wasn't there? Oh, that was my cousin Dens. Um, <laughs> he there got were, stabbed or yeah. he did the stabbing? Uh, no, he got stabbed. <laughs> okay. he, did, okay. he was the stabby. I'm not Honestly, sure if I should be glad to hear that or I not. I saw but. like him post about being at the police station and I was like immediately like, what did you do? Um, but it turns what out he was the victim. Um, <laughs> no, he like, 
posted photos and I was like oh no and then he posted a photo of like the incident on the TV and being like hey I made the news and I'm like oh my god he got stabbed uh, he was visiting his girlfriend and he got stabbed not the reason stabbed. you want to be on the news for no yeah. it's not never there was also he this was fine, this incident last <laughs> last semester where a bunch of us were just hanging out in the, the atrium the shouty McShouty yes and this guy comes in shouting uh, I guess for someone who he thought might be there and uh, threw stuff across the atrium and Went through the women's washroom and all kinds of fun stuff. Fun. Yeah. I think my favorite is this one time we were all sitting on the couches and this guy was like sitting near us and started pulling needles out of his coat pocket. Um, Nice. And I just, you know, made no eye contact and did my thing. Mm -hmm. But that was an interesting moment. I was like, cool. So like what what was the was the article recommending anything it's or like, what was the uh... Okay, it's at the U of W and like they're trying to find ways to improve the uh, like security especially after like all that's happened there lately. Mm-hmm. So um, much has happened. There has been, yeah. I remember last year some girl was like just studying in a in a lounge area at the U of W and a couple guys walk up to her and just take her laptop yeah. and start running. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And I think that yeah, other people got involved and chased but stuff, but yeah, like, well, this past fall, they made, like, more measures. They added security guards, um, like, more security guards um, to the already existing security guards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, they're just adding more guards, cameras, things like that to try to improve it. But it's, like, I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do no matter what. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've just undone all the positive talk that we were talking about. Okay, you know what? To <laughs> heighten it with one positive note, though, I will talk about Parlor's break-in. Um, I don't know if any of you guys saw, Parlor got broken into a little bit ago, and they had money stolen, the door smashed in, but the response they gave was actually so heartening. Very admirable. I read that, and I was like, that is not how I would react, and that's like, because I would be angry. I know I would be angry, but Parlor was so calm collected and then they like tried to put themselves in the shoes of the person who did the break-in like they did this heartfelt instagram post saying like you know whatever you're going through we hope it gets better and now they're actually um they're partnering with a campaign to help with things like that in Mm -hmm. the downtown i'll see if i can pull it up here i can't remember the name but it was manitoba manitoba something or other yeah it was like a really great cause and they're using this break-in as a chance to, like, partner with them. Um, here, I found it. Okay. So they said that they are going to take steps towards uh, making an effect with positive change for those who are facing similar disparate, desperate situations, and they're partnering with the Main Street Project. Um, so they're donating a percentage of their sales and be using social media to highlight some of the work that the Main Street Project does. Um, yeah, so they're taking something that was originally pretty big negative and turning it into something really positive. I really admire that. That is cool. Yeah. So uh, who's next? Well, okay, so my the story that I was going to bring to the table is actually pretty similar to your U of W uh, security story, so I think I should go next. Um, so the city of Winnipeg announced an increase in funding uh, for downtown safety, particularly the Bear Clan. Do you guys know about the Bear Clan? Yeah. They're a like bit. a cool group of vigilante crime stoppers, kind of like Batman. They're essentially yeah. all Batman. <laughs> They're all <laughs> Batman, every single one of them. One of them's Robin. Um, but um, <laughs> so the, the mayor announced um, 
$13,359 new dollars in funding for, you know, items like uh, cell phones, radios, defibrillators, uh, all stuff that will help the Bear Clan keep doing their thing and cleaning up downtown Winnipeg, you know, taking heroin needles off the ground and helping homeless people find uh, food and shelter. Um, additionally, the mayor also announced a $90,000 um, uh, funding for uh, the downtown Winnipeg Biz has a uh, foot patrol program similar to the Bear Clan, but it's downtown Winnipeg Biz. And, um, yeah, the mayor, again, he announced the city will be funding $90,000 to that program. All, all uh, The theme that I'm seeing here is all we're just trying to make downtown a safer place, a more accessible place place for you know students like us and and people from the suburbs who are scared of downtown and now maybe you know downtown they'll they'll see it as a cleaner place through all this funding of of security stuff and the bear clan that's that's completely a a private oh yeah that's not a government it's a group of it's a group of volunteers just doing a a good thing the work they do is really awesome yeah. yeah it's great to see community organizations like that coming together like for me that's it's the in my mind, it's the community who are responsible for taking care of each other like that. It's it's not necessarily the government, and it's it's far better when the, you know the government obviously does a lot of those things. But it's far better when the community steps up and does that and takes care of their own, which is why it's really cool to see the Bear Clan do that. I mean, I've also been recently looking into um, Point Douglas and looking at some of the work that the community, the Point Douglas uh, community organizations have done to clean up that area and to provide housing and stuff for a lot of those people. So, yeah, that's really admirable and really heroic in my eyes. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, similar uh, is, the, is the downtown biz uh, foot patrol program. They do they do a similar thing. But you're right. It's, it's nice to see this volunteer-based organization that is the Bear Clan. Um, it, it's really nice. And people should volunteer for them because I think they're always looking for volunteers, by the way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and like just for people who are listening, I I don't feel unsafe in the downtown. Like there's a lot of people who you know back from where I come in Steinbach, like oh downtown oh you know where they no it's it's not like that at all. And, and there's parts of it that are really beautiful, even though they're kind of I mean there's a lot of old buildings here in the exchange that are just beautiful, even sometimes in their decrepitness that somehow makes them. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, we can discuss, there's certainly a stigma that people who are not familiar with the downtown area, I was kind of talking about this at the beginning with my suburb friends, there's certainly a stigma. If you don't come downtown that much, you think that it's uh, like a ghetto, right? And Yeah, it's I th- what you read on the news, and then the news will always exactly. And you know, talk I, about the bad stuff. If it bleeds, it leads. I've <laughs> been coming downtown every day for three years, whether it's been to the University of Winnipeg or this Red River campus, but... Uh, and and I've had nothing but uh, pleasant experiences. And I think, though, it is fun city funding like this, like this ninety thousand dollars to the foot patrol and thirteen thousand to the bear clan. I think hopefully it's news stories like this that help people who don't come downtown realize that it's actually there. there there's there, there's a lot being done to ensure that it is an accessible and clean place. Mm-hmm. And I also- think it's absolutely like an education issue that more people need to in the suburbs need to be made aware of. You know what? What is actually happening downtown? Like so these much are to offer these are not here. just constant stories. These are these are more odd than you're led to believe. Exactly. Odd events. Exactly. And hopefully through uh, community organizations like the Bear Clan and the Foot Patrol down here, even the people who live here will also feel safer 
in their own neighborhood. Yeah, that's super important because there are a lot of people who live downtown who are kind of scared to go out at night. Okay, so who's next? Uh, yeah, no, it's me. Uh, I think uh, this past weekend and this coming weekend are both very busy within the arts and culture scene for just a lot of stuff going on within the downtown area. Tell so me about it. This past weekend was Big Fun Festival. What's that? So that was a collection of uh, musicians, local artists, and uh, art installations just all strewn across uh, Winnipeg, mostly downtown. So there was there were artists playing at uh, the Goodwill, Handsome Daughter, High and Lonesome, uh, I think a couple other l- smaller uh, venues, and Fourth, Fourth as well. <laughs> But uh, I did not get to run around all all of downtown. I ended up going on Friday to the Handsome Daughter to see uh, Pleasure Dens, the Sorrells, and uh, Wares, which were all great. For someone like me who's not from town and doesn't really go to these events, what is the atmosphere like in some of these places or these events? I think, like, uh, there's generally, like, a very, like, Winnipeg arts and culture and the music scene tends to strive for a safe space, safe community for a lot of these events. Like they want people to feel uh, cared for and safe while musicians and art is around them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's generally what the mood they try to strive for as well as just have a good time. Like you're here to appreciate music. You're here to listen and partake in good times without harming other people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally, yeah. Well, it's a really cool, like, local music scene. Um, I think we have, like, the Goodwill and stuff. Like, it's very, like, relaxed, but you still see people, like, dancing and having a great time. Mm-hmm. No, if you've ever been to karaoke at the Goodwill, oh my God. I think that <laughs> that might be one of my favorite places to go do uh, karaoke. I <laughs> see some, uh, some stuff that maybe perhaps you can't unsee that night <laughs> karaoke at the Goodwill. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's all in good fun. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, and then this coming weekend is, 4th is starting up, I'm not sure if they did this last year, I think this is their first year doing it, but they're calling it a 4th With Festival, so it's a weekend-long festival that they hold at 4th with uh, artists, local musicians, they have DJ Honeycutt uh, performing a set sometime this weekend, so. That's a great name for a DJ, DJ Honeycutt. Yeah. I like it. He's a good time, or she. I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, DJ Honeycutt, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm sure DJ Honeycutt is listening. In fact, I hope DJ Honeycutt is listening. Darn you. Aislinn, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you mentioned this, and I hadn't known this till recently, but fourth, they actually have a rooftop bar, which is closed because for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, and they've got like a downstairs bar, too. Yeah. It's super cool. They do a lot of too. art stuff in the space. So it's... For me, I'd always thought of it as a coffee shop. It's actually far more than oh, that. Oh, no. They have, like, the downstairs. I don't really go into the bar because anytime I'm in fourth, it's, like, during school. And I yeah. don't usually go for midday mimosas. Why not? <laughs> I'm just not as wild as you, Geraldine. I feel sorry. like of all places in fourth, I feel like the f- the bar holds more of that, like, I'm definitely not cool enough to be there oh, sort of thing. I've if you're not cool enough to be there, Aiden, just who to is look cool at enough it. to be there? I like went down there one time because I was like, what's down here? And then I saw the bar and I'm like, I'm not uh, cool enough. But it's just I... super dark and like just moody. And I say on our next look... two hour break from school, we go have okay. a midday mimosa. Yes. Uh, do they serve mimosas or mimosas not cool enough for them? I don't know. Ooh. Probably mimosa, but it's got something like fancy rosemary yeah. in there or something. Bitter herbs. 
<laughs> Lavender mimosas. Ooh, that sounds actually Foreign exotic fruit. <laughs> what will they think Elder of me flower. when I tell them? <gasps> Elderberries. <laughs> Elderberries. <laughs> <laughs> That was an interesting oh. voice. Um. Monty Python, Nisla? What about it? Alrighty then. Okay, so who wants to kick it off with uh, the recommendation segment? Well, I have a couple. One of them is less of an event or a business recommendation and just a cool organization that I found out about yesterday in a journalism project that I was working on. It's called... And now it's unfortunately not loading on my phone, but it's called, um, what is it called? Welcome Place. Yes, that's what's called. Welcome Place. Um, oh, the uh, refugee, or not the, the immigration center, right? Yeah, it's an immigration center. Well, it's it's a place that helps refugees, like refugee claimants, basically fill out their paperwork and, um, and start the process of becoming... Um, permanent residents and so forth and they've they've helped so far i think the um the fellow who i spoke to there it helped about 1100 people so far um and and they also like it's actually if you see it it's a pretty big building it's at 5 521 banatine quite a large building and what all that extra space is is actually residences so for the first six months that that a refugee or refugee family is there they can um live there if they need to. So, um, yeah, that, that's actually, there's more than one of these types of places here in the downtown. And I just thought that was a positive thing to highlight. I don't think that you could necessarily volunteer there. Actually, is, if I could just jump in real yeah. quick. I uh, interviewed a lady from there for a project, um, soon and she does a program where people can be friends with people who are new to Canada. Oh, awesome. And it helps integrate them into the community, helps with the loneliness that comes with coming to a new country. So they do have ways to volunteer. Okay, well then, that's good. I stand corrected. Ooh. Uh, the second thing that I wanted to recommend for our dear friends who are actually from the suburbs or from not in the Winnipeg would be the Forks Ice Castles. Yes. Oh, those were so fun. And I haven't I even haven't been there, yet. but I've seen good. the pictures. I've had family members go to it, and it just sounds so cool. And let me say, it makes for a really great Insta. I think mm. that they may have designed it specifically for that. I mean that's why I went. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really superficial. That's why I went. But yeah. the slide was fun. <laughs> I've There's also, a slide. There's an ice slide. I went down on a toboggan. I was the only person without a kid who went down. <laughs> All the parents were giving me like stink eye. I'm like move children away from yeah. me. I'm trying to go down slide like a grown woman. <laughs> this is my birthright. <laughs> there was also an Elsa, and none of my friends would wait in line with me. But I wanted a picture with her. <laughs> So I can make some sort of pun about letting it go. Yeah. But no, the line was too long and I'm not allowed to push small children, apparently. What would you not do for a pun? Um, maybe murder. I wouldn't murder someone for a pun. You wouldn't That's kill good. for a pun. I draw the line. You wouldn't kill for a good pun. No. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I've also... I've also <laughs> seen... <laughs> um... <laughs> I can just imagine Aislinn stabbing someone because of a pun. But anyways, uh, ice castles. Think about the ice castles. I've seen some really... Aiden is crying now. Um, I I was going to say I'd seen some really spectacular wedding photos taken there. Nothing to do with stabbing at all. I would feel bad for the people that are taking wedding photos there. I have a coworker that went there, and he was just saying it was such a hassle to like wait 
until like people were gone so he could take a photo. Yeah, it was just like constant foot traffic. And my sister was there recently with her with her boyfriend, and she said she saw a wedding party in there, and it was so cold that day that the groom was in his parka, which I don't know if this will be relevant to you city folk, but he was, it's like an FXR snowmobiling jacket, which oh, where I come from <laughs> screams that they are a redneck. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's pretty much, I ride dirt bikes. That's the, the symbol. Snowmobiles. Snowmobiles, sorry. Snowmobiles, yeah. Or dirt bikes, possibly, Most people well. usually do both. But <laughs> hey, it was cold, and he was wearing his jacket. It's a sensible thing What was thing she wearing? She was in the dress. Uh, I would... I bet she sucked it up, because that's what she, girls do. That's yeah. what girls do. It's important. If you've ever been in a bridal party taking pictures <laughs> in the winter... You're in for a treat. Oh, boy. You have to get the perfect picture, a Rebecca. A visual, emotional, and verbal treat. Don't look cold. Smile. we got about 10 minutes left yes. to go in the podcast here, so who who wants to step up to the plate next? Uh, I guess I can also recommend part of my news story for Forthwith Fest. If you're not doing anything this weekend, Forth has all of that. That actually sounds really fun, and I wouldn't be opposed to checking that out, even though I don't think I'm cool enough to walk into that building. Do it. Find yourself a nice Jeremy, scarf. you're as cool as you make yourself. Oh, that's nice. You too. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on top of that, I think I'll also recommend Bon Me King. That is right uh, right opposite of uh, the U of Winnipeg, University of Winnipeg. What is it? Uh, they are a Vietnamese eatery that mm. specializes in banh mi, which is kind of a Vietnamese Vietnamese take on like subs. Like, should we go right after this? Because I kind of want that. It's so <laughs> that good. They just good. Op- they opened up last year, and back when I was a uh, arts and culture editor, that's what I had sent someone to do the story on was that place opening up, and he he went back to me and he was like, "This place is so good." Like, literally. And they are some of the nicest people. Like, every once in a while, I go there, and he'll give me, like, just, like, 30% off. Just, oh, my gosh. It's like, Educate the redneck in the you. group here. What's what's a Vietnamese take on a sub? What does that look like? Uh, it's just, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's a lot more emphasis on, like, veggies, I guess you'd call it. I have no, like, distinct way to describe it, but there's something to it you that's different. You just have to experience it for yourself. Got yeah. It. Okay. I'll leave it a mystery. Ooh. I guess uh, my turn to recommend something in a cue Aiden's eye roll because I'm going to recommend Tim Chosabi. Oh my I thought you were going to say Tim Hortons for a second there. <laughs> uh, real authentic experience. Okay, Chosabi has it all, okay? Well, maybe not all, but they have deliciously... I mean, have you... Okay, let me start again. Have you ever... <laughs> Been eating sushi and thought, you know what? I wish this was a burrito. Yes. <laughs> Never. Not even once. Every time Did you I do this wished for I'd rather have a burrito. Why are you guys hating on my recommendation? <laughs> no, it sounds intriguing. I've never been. I don't like sushi. Play on. Okay. I love sushi. Okay, so if you love sushi, not, if you love sushi, I'll say at least try Chosabi for the novelty of the experience because it really is like a... When you when I say sushi burrito, I mean sushi burrito. You got the raw fish, and uh, you got rice. You know, you got some soy sauce. Seaweed is the wrap, and um, uh, there's also plenty of options. You can get like chicken instead of uh, uh, salmon and tuna. Um, you can also get poke bowls. Which do you guys know what poke bowls are? It sounds very uh, hipster. It's kind of hipster. Would you say it's hipster? <laughs> Our resident hipster. I don't know. That's a that's a term. Um. <laughs> Well, well, I'll I'll allow it. I guess if I have veto power on this, I guess I allow it. (laughs) I'll allow it. (laughs) Definitely. And you know what? 
I guess it's kind of a bad recommendation because there are locations, other locations throughout the city, but it started right They here. have, like, the Holy Trinity of Winnipeg. They do. They, they pre- And they're actually opening a fourth, uh, but uh, not a fourth coffee <laughs> shop, but a fourth location. Um, mm. And uh, I definitely recommend it, again, for the novelty. They started right here in the Exchange District, and uh, they've built a really good brand for themselves, actually. Like, for, for a restaurant that started off as, like, a little quaint hipstery exchange district thing they've actually done a really good job of since then expanding and becoming a, a citywide uh winnipeg sort of household brand name are you sponsored by them jeremy i'm just recommending them <laughs> <laughs> Josabi, if you hear us sponsor us please, please. all right I would, keep, I would keep going, but everyone's uh, hating on my recommendation. No, so. I will try it. I will check it out now just because you recommended it. Sponsor us, Josavi. <laughs> um, okay. has, has everyone gone? No, I just quick got to recommend something. Um, <laughs> so my recommendation isn't for a little bit, but it's on February 23rd to 23rd. 23rd. To, on February 23rd to 25th, there's a tattoo show coming to winnipeg at the rbc convention center it's winnipeg's you know tattoo show it happens i think pretty much every year yep um and this year i really want to go and i really want to check it out because i had a bunch of friends who went last year and it looked super sick and yeah what happens to that tattoo show does everyone just like like, walk around naked so you can see their tattoos or no that's not it um (laughs) honey no Because I, honey, I, I ain't think, going if that's what it is. No, no, it's um they like showcase good time really for that. cool like <laughs> tattoo artists. Like you can watch people getting tattoos live on places that aren't nudity. <laughs> so you can basically watch people be tortured. Yeah, you can see like yeah. people getting tattoos. You can like meet artists from all over the country. There's like international tattoo artists if you're really into tattooing. Um, this is a really cool thing to check out. Or even if you just want to get a tattoo by someone who's not from Winnipeg and have people um, watch you do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool, though. Um, I really like watching people give tattoos. Um, I've given tattoos, actually. Really? I, you have? I have. Are you in the stick and poke culture? Um, no, my, uh, <laughs> my buddy Dave has a tattoo gun, like the kind they would use at an actual tattoo parlor. And so, uh, in the summertime, <laughs> a bunch of us will do what we call a tattoo party. <laughs> we'll all just <laughs> go to someone's house, and Dave will bring the tattoo gun. So I find the process of tattooing very interesting. I think it's fun. I think it's a total art form, and it's fun. Can I ask a question about that? Yeah. If I am someone who has absolutely zero interest in tattoo culture and ever having a tattoo, would the tattoo convention be of any interest to me? If you like, like, I think it's art. I genuinely think tattooing is an art form. If you like really cool-looking things, you know, I do. I do like cool-looking things. They've got really cool, like, artsy stuff, and, like, a lot of tattoo artists are, like, also just regular artists, too. Um, so they have like prints and stuff sometimes. I don't know. I've never actually been. I just have heard it's really fun time. And this year I really want to check it out. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Cool. I think that's everyone's recommendation. Let's side note. This has not been, I mean, this, <clears throat> this is not, this the is suburbs. not the suburbs podcast. And uh, we have enjoyed bantering back and forth. I'm Gerilyn Witchers. I'm in Clot. Maisel Hicks. And I'm Jeremy Morantz. Thanks Signing for listening. Off. Stay cool. out of the suburbs. <laughs> How's that for a close Enjoy your stucco houses. <laughs> and I'm you're, Jeremy Morantz. And you stay out of the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> You're cool enough to go anywhere.